0: Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders.
1: What's going on, guys? Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to give you a quick update on the Ready Eddy membership program. To this point, we've grown to have thousands of products from up-and-coming startups and small businesses in the outdoor travel and lifestyle space on the platform. You can save up to 50% off all of these products, anything from skis to jackets to food bars to supplements, anything you could think of to support your outdoor activities is on the platform from small up-and-coming brands. It's a great opportunity to support small businesses while also discovering brands that you've never heard of. You can show off the new gear to your friends and also save a ton while doing it. If you're interested in checking it out, head over to readyeddy.com slash members to get your first month free. This podcast episode is brought to you by 14th Star Brewing Co. 14th Star is a veteran-owned Vermont craft brewery on a mission to brew world-class beer while enriching their community. We are partnering with 14th Star while we spend February and March in Vermont highlighting local makers. Not only does 14th Star make great beer, like their maple oatmeal stout, yes I said maple, but they also have a very strong mission to give back to their community and support fellow veterans. 14th Star believes that every person and business has an obligation to give back to try and make the world a better place. If you're in the Northeast, definitely keep an eye out for 14 Star Brewing Co. What is going on, Ready Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Savo here, your host. On today's episode, I am sitting down with one of the founding team members of Sideline Swap, Kevin Giltonen. Kevin, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me.
0: Thanks for having me, Josh.
1: All right, so Sideline Swap. For the listener that may not be familiar, how would you best describe it to, to them?
0: Definitely. So Sideline Swap is a peer-to-peer marketplace for sporting goods. So we make it easy and connect athletes all over the world to buy and sell their equipment online.
1: So what kind of gear are we talking about? Uh, What sort of categories do you guys focus on?
0: Uh, We do a wide range of sports. We're big in snow sports, um, skiing, snowboarding. um, And then we're also in cycling and then hockey, lacrosse, baseball, golf. Pretty much anything high cost and gear intensive, we're in it.
1: So tell me, how did this all get started? What made you guys decide to start um, this kind of company?
0: So our two co-founders, Brendan and Anthony, were lacrosse players growing up. Um, and Brendan had stopped playing college lacrosse uh, and had to buy gear for the first time since he'd been getting it for free. Um, he grew up shopping at played Again Sports in, in local shops and had honestly forgotten about how expensive gear was. So he texted Anthony, seeing if he had any lying around because Anthony was still playing. Um, Anthony did, and that kind of got the ball moving. And they they thought, you know, there has to be an easier way to do this. And why can't I buy this used gear from you online? Um, so we got started in lacrosse, uh, and then quickly followed on with hockey in 2015. Um, and then baseball uh, and skiing were next followed by golf um, and snowboarding this winter, and then the cycling market we're starting to build out.
1: That's so interesting. Okay, so what really differentiates sideline swap from, say, like eBay or something, um, you know, one of those kinds of sites where you can buy and sell pretty much anything?
0: Yeah, great question. So I think uh, one thing that we pride ourselves on is our community. Um, so you're dealing with other athletes. So when you're buying gear, there's a lot of interaction going back and forth about how many times is this used? Um, you know, what does it fit like? Why are you getting rid of it? Um, and you really get the expertise that you would get when you're walking into a sporting goods store versus shopping at Walmart. Um, whereas on eBay, it's really, uh, a, you know, a new inventory driven experience. Um, and you're buying from a lot of uh, retail shops, a lot of inventory at uh, retail pricing. Whereas on Sideline Swap, over 80% of our inventory is used.
1: Interesting. Okay, so you started with the cross first. How did you guys go about, because I guess there's two pieces, right? It's kind of the chicken or the egg, right? You need gear on the platform for people to want to visit and then also potentially buy stuff, but you also need people to then upload their gear, right? So how did you guys um, sort of solve
0: that in the early days? Great question. Um, I mean, we have a pretty built out playbook at this point, but one of the One of the things we pride ourselves on is unique inventory. So whether that's the best pricing anywhere online or whether it's inventory that no one else can get their hands on, Um, for instance, a a ton of U.S. Ski Team stuff makes its way onto the site. And that's just through a a pretty robust network of personal connections that we've been able to build out over the years. So so you started with sort of the the
1: people you knew to get them to offer sort of like unique gear and then also just Uh, of
0: useful gear that like a lot of people would be searching for exactly and stuff that's cool that you can't get your uh, your hands on anywhere else um that's the stuff that i enjoy the most and and really performs well i'm a gearhead at heart um so getting stuff that's unique um, and really really difficult to come across unless you know the person on a one-to-one level um is kind of what we pride ourselves on and then from there Um, the category, you know, build out into stuff that ranges for everything from, um, you know, national level contenders through to your weekend warriors. That's super interesting.
1: Okay. So obviously when you got this started, you guys raised capital to get this off the ground because it's a pretty robust platform, right? It has, it's pretty complicated and probably took a lot of time and manpower to sort of get off the ground. Um, Was there any sort of, um, I I guess, in that process, what learnings did you guys come across in that time of like, hey, okay, this is how we want to do it. But then it ended up being turning into this, like, did the idea change over time?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think to the point of the learnings that we've had along the way, um, our whole founding team is first time founders. um, And I think we could probably write a book that's uh, you know a little bit longer than the Bible on everything we've learned through through this uh, <laughs> yeah. that we've been on. Um, it's been a ton of fun uh, on on that note as well. Um, but I think we always knew that when we set out, our goal uh, was to become a household name in sporting goods and be the be the destination to buy and sell sports equipment. Um, so that's always kind of been our our North star. Um, you know, our strategy and and how we navigate through those waters, um, has, you know, evolved as we've progressed through there. But I think, uh, a recent learning that we've had and something we've been trying to focus on a lot more, um, is building out our apparel category, uh, specifically in, in outdoor sports, um, and really trying to service everything that would live under the roof at, you know, an REI or any of those specialty, uh, outdoor uh, retail, um, stores. So that's been an interesting, uh, evolution for us. Um, and we actually brought, uh, a former college skier in house to, to help us with that effort.
1: So what has the growth been like since 2015? Um, like obviously the sports, uh, categories have increased, but how has the number of, I guess, transactions grown over time?
0: um it looks something like a hockey stick uh for for a humble humble plug for ourselves there um i mean not to get get too nuanced and into the weeds on metrics but we have pretty ha- uh healthy growth and are definitely on a venture track um you know we raised our series a uh in q1 of of 2018 um and have some pretty legitimate venture capital backing there um, so the numbers have definitely been uh, satisfactory. With that being said, there's obviously a, a ton of upside in this space. Um, we think there's a, an extremely high ceiling. Um, and you think about the amount of inventory that is in, you know, every individual's garage and personally, and and uh, a lot of the individuals on our team. You know, I played hockey and lacrosse growing up. I also skied uh, recreationally, and and I biked in the summer. Um, And I can tell you that our garage did not fit cars in it uh, between my brother and myself. So the more and more individuals that we unlock um, like that, that are out there and and until we've hit, you know, every sports family in the the U.S. and in North America, um, and eventually globally, um, there's still a ton of upside to be had.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you talk about sports that are expensive to get into, which like skiing, snowboarding, biking are great examples of that. I mean, biking even more so than skiing, which is one of the reasons why I haven't done such a deep dive into it is because like, I don't think I can afford to.
0: <laughs> we can hook you up, Josh. Yeah,
1: that's, that's exactly sort of what this solves, right? Where it makes some a sport that is expensive a little bit more affordable, right? And I guess that's like one of the main premises where it's like helps people offload gear that they're not using anymore. And then it helps people who are trying to get into the sport or, you know, just buy new gear, do it at a more affordable price.
0: Exactly. I think the, uh, you know, from the philanthropic angle, we definitely feel good about what we're doing by reducing the barrier to be able to play and participate. Um, And, you know, I was the I was the youngest uh, sibling in my family. And all throughout my childhood, I was getting hand-me-down gear, um, used gear, and it was perfectly fine. It got me on the ice, it got me on the field, and it allowed me to play and and have an absolute blast what I was doing um, and learn all the lessons that you get to learn by being involved in sports. So we feel pretty passionately um, that by making sports affordable um, and giving people an easy way to get high-quality used gear, and make a couple bucks back on the stuff that's that's sitting in their garage and let another kid have the opportunity to play, um, that's something that we feel pretty good about at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I, I relate to that. I'm, I'm the youngest of five, so I always got the hand-me-downs too. But a lot of the times they were uh – girls' jackets <laughs> or other, because I have three <laughs> sisters. My brother's the oldest, three girls in the middle than me. So I'd be, like, dressed in, like, hot pink <laughs> and, like, other things. I'd be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> You're getting a style trend. Exactly. It was in. I guess, or now, Maybe now, looking back, it was <laughs> a fashion move. Awesome. Um, okay, so over time, it's grown quite a bit. What's, um, what's in store for the future for side, Sideline Swap?
0: Great question. I think uh, you know we want to be a household name in sporting goods. And we want everyone uh, to be able to come to Sideline Swap and find everything that they uh, possibly need um, and never have to be able to go anywhere else to shop for sporting goods. Um, and likewise, we want everyone... Um, you know, from from every background and in every single sport, um, regardless of the level, to be able to come to Sideline Swap and have complete confidence that their their gear is going to sell. Um, we're definitely, you know, there in, in the categories we're established in. Um, but, th- you know, one of the, the reasons we entered uh, sporting goods for, for a marketplace, obviously we're athletes, but sporting goods was the largest uh, category out there that didn't have a vertical marketplace. So, you, you know, we've seen these things built. Um, in fashion, obviously, with, with Poshmark um, and the others, um, in music equipment, with reverb, um, in crafts, with Etsy. Um, and we think sporting goods is, is a category that, that's ripe for us to continue um, on this path. So until, uh, until we're there, where it's you know, a name that every single person in, in the industry has heard of and every family is aware of as a resource, uh, we still have lots of work to do.
1: Hey everyone, just a quick thank you to our sponsor who helps make the Ready Eddie podcast possible, Sideline Swap. Being an outdoorsy person usually means that you buy and accrue a silly amount of gear to support your activities. As time goes by and you get new gear, why not sell your old gear to help cover the cost of that new gear? This is where Sideline Swap comes in. You can post your skis, snowboard, or any outerwear in a couple minutes and make back some of the money that you spent on that gear. Not to mention, if you're trying to get a loved one or friend into skiing or riding, which we all know is expensive, you can find awesome gear on sidelineswap.com for a great deal. Some products are even up to 70% off. For more info, you can head over to sidelineswap.com. So, what have you guys done marketing wise that you feel attributes to a lot of the growth and, I guess, exposure?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we focus a lot on our community um, and really fostering, you know, something that feels inclusive, um, and we lean on that a, a lot. So, I think one of the uh, one of the pieces that we always point to. Um, it's just our social media presence. Um, you know, I think we have, we're up to five or six flagship accounts now. Um, so we actually break out our, uh, our social presence by sport, um, or by activity. Um, and that way, you know, we have a, a more on-brand, um, voice for, for that area of our community. So all of those are, are sideline swap dot, um, skiing for instance, or dot snow, um, just based on, on, you know, what that vertical is. Um, So that's a big area. Obviously, you know, we, we pride ourselves on having the best prices um, online and we get that by having used inventory from from people who just have stuff sitting around in their garage at the end of the season. Um, So we do spend a a lot of money on on uh, paid as well just getting that inventory out into the Google shopping experience. um, And then on Facebook, Um, and we've actually started dabbling with our own uh, in house content production. Um, so we have a a pretty built out series in hockey, lacrosse, and and we're starting to build that out, um, in the outdoor category. Um, and one of the, I mean, one of the cooler things that, that I've really enjoyed is, um, we do some work with pro athletes, um, Warner Nickerson in in the skiing world, um, being an example, um, where these individuals are coming on to sideline swap and they're selling their gear either to, you know, to train, uh, or to fund their, uh, training like nolan casper paid for a, a good chunk of his training um working with us um or they're, they're donating proceeds to charity for guys who are no longer um competing or able you know maybe have a more luxurious setup from a training standpoint so kind of th- those examples in, in the latter example are you know things that are really core to the brand for us and pretty cool experiences and selfishly uh we get access to to a great uh network through through those athletes networks Um, but we really enjoy working with uh those guys and girls and giving them a way to to keep their gear on the snow or in play
1: oh that's really smart it's something that i feel like has been a a real challenge for professional skiers and, and riders trying to like fund all of their all of the things that they're trying to do so being able to like sell their gear and like yeah i guess it's like sort of an auction right is that sort of yeah, the idea so, behind it
0: exactly every price or every item has a uh, a buy now price um and that's like a strike price and then offers can come in at uh under that but i think what's interesting compared to the auction model of what we do um is we we're, we're not like a collectors market there's people on our, our platform who are very, very passionate about collecting items and there's certainly some like extremely unique uh, product that comes through it and, and stuff, you know, that's literally one of a kind. Um, but we want this gear going to use and, and we want the sports to be more affordable by what we're doing. Um, so, and, you know, everyone we work with has that same mentality in mind. So um, you can get some stuff, you know, whether it's jackets, whether it's skis, whether it's hockey equipment, um, whether it's baseball gloves, whether it's a bike that is a top model um product and, and really high end, and you're getting it for you know less than 50% of retail.
1: So what's what's the experience for the buyer and the seller? Like when someone um who is buying something, how do they how are they protected in the sense that they're not they're buying something that's real that's actually going to get shipped to them and on the flip side how does the seller um like what's the experience for them is it pretty simple is it pretty straightforward for them to get product up and then and then sell it
0: yeah definitely so on the uh to reverse your order on the sell side um it takes less than a minute to list items um we have an ios app we're working on an android app and then uh we have a pretty built out um web platform that's where we started and, and have kind of lived and that's very mobile friendly as well um so if you wanted to go on and sell your skis um you go on you snap a couple pictures you enter some basic inf- information like your address that you're going to be shipping from and a phone number and email and that's it um you list it at a, at a buy now price to so say you wanted to list it for hundred dollars. Um, Someone can come in and purchase that item at $100, and then the the buyer always pays shipping, um, or they can make you an offer under it that you can accept, um, but that's at your discretion. But once the item sells, we give you a prepaid shipping label that's fully covered by the buyer um, and has tracking rate to the buyer as well. Um, So all you have to do is print the label off our website, um, and then the transaction is done from there. On the buyer side, um, those labels that I mentioned that have tracking, those are tied to our payment system. So the funds are held in escrow um, until that item is marked as delivered. And then there's a three-day dispute window. So within three days of receiving the item, if you're the buyer, you can either click mark as received or you can reject the item on the swap page. Um, and from there, our team gets involved. But the the cases of that happening are pretty uh, pretty limited um and the reason for that is is that that uh that buyer protection policy is is very transparent um and it's it's you know it's very fair for both buyer and seller um so most people you know don't bother trying to pull anything because there's not any benefit from it they don't get paid um until the item is is marked as delivered um and is the condition as advertised in the cases where you know the the uh Seller maybe accidentally sent the wrong item um, or something was lost in transit. That's when our team gets involved. And and we have insurance policies um, and claims that you can read more about um, on the website directly. Um, But it's honestly designed to be very, very straightforward. And, you know, a a large part of our uh, initial demographic was high school aged uh, boys. And uh, I've been there before. We like to keep things simple and, and very user friendly.
1: Right, right. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. So over the years, what's been one of the hardest parts about building Sideline Swap?
0: Yeah, I think what we, uh, what we always refer to and something that we gut check on um, is what we call scaling authentically. Um, so it's kind of trying to find the balance of, you know, we don't want to be another uh, e-commerce retailer. We always want something that makes us different. Um, both from our community standpoint and from the inventory we have. So whenever we're entering a new sport and a new market, it's figuring out, okay, you know, where is the ideal inventory for us? How does that line up with where the mass market is and who's the most passionate um, user for us? So an example would be when we enter the skiing market, um, you know, we. We did a great job building out a really really well developed brand within the ski racing community um and we had a you know the best inventory that anyone could possibly have within that category um, but that's only a, a small fraction of the overall ski and snow sport market um so how do we maintain that community while we expand our offering um, and that's always something that we're trying to balance um, and making sure that ultimately at the end of the day um you know, the the peer-to-peer, the regular athletes that come on Sideline Swap to buy and sell their gear, that they feel like it's a place that welcomes them and that they're going to have success on, whether they're a buyer or a seller.
1: That's interesting. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the business model for Sideline Swap. Do you guys take a percentage of each transaction?
0: Yeah, we do. So we take uh, 12% uh, of the final sale price, um, not including shipping. But that fee never exceeds fifty dollars. So obviously, in you know high value and high ticket items like skis, snowboards, bikes, um, we're never taking more than fifty dollars. Um, and the shipping is fully paid for by the buyer. So if you know if you come on and, and you sell an item for a hundred bucks, you're taking away eighty-eight dollars, and the buyer is paying for shipping. And there's uh, there's no fee um, on the listing front. Um, it's completely free to list. Um, there's no registration fees, there's no maintenance fees, there's no fees for removing anything. It's just that that 12% fee once the item sells. Other than that, um, all the money stays in your pocket and you don't pay us unless it works.
1: So it's 12% capped at $50. Is that what you're what you were saying?
0: Yeah, exactly. So we're never taking more than $50 from you. Oh, interesting.
1: Um
0: Okay, so tell me over the years,
1: I'm sure there have been a number of mistakes that you guys have made since launching in 2015. What are some
0: of the ones that really stand out? Um, That's a good question. Um, Not growing faster (laughs) 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 would probably be the biggest one. Uh, Honestly, probably taking as long to uh, establish a brand and start to build out our inventory in, uh, in snow sports and in, in the uh, outdoors category um would would definitely be a piece of that uh we really didn't launch uh snowboarding until this season um so the fall of of 2018 um and we've seen you know pretty astonishing growth and trajectory there so retrospectively would have liked to uh had that offering sooner um and i think you know continuing on that trend just not having every sport under the sun um is something you know we have tons of athletes over 250,000 that are already on the platform buying and selling. And what's interesting is that is as, as we add more sports, we see our existing users start to interact in those sports. So a hockey player um, also has golf clubs. A skier also has a bike. So just like expanding our, our offering of categories um, is a big one. Um, and then, you know, continuing to invest in in mobile um, and really streamlining the experience for for our users is something we take pride in. Um, so while it's not a mistake and, and, you know, that's one of the largest areas uh, of investment that we have and, and where that capital that we raise goes, there's still a, a lot of room there for improvement. Um, and we want to perfect the experience and make it a, as great of an experience as possible. Um, so continuing to push forward on that front.
1: What do you think the next category is of, of sports?
0: That's a honestly, that's a great question. The way we see it uh, is, we focus on air, um, on sports that are high cost, gear intensive, and that have durable goods. So um, the sports that we're in right now, uh, we feel pretty good about in terms of being able to, to hit the targets that that we need to be able to hit. Um, but we're also always thinking about, you know, what's the the next tangential sport that has the largest overlap from a customer base, um, and where can we go from there? one of the uh one of those sports um snowboarding w- was the start of it um but it's just the general outdoor category so you know as I mentioned we're in um cycling and and we're in skiing we're in snowboarding and those sports are still you know they're built out um, and we have several thousand tens of thousands of products there um but there's still a lot of work to be done um and the next big frontier that that we're starting to tackle and, and that we you know have made significant progress on with over uh, 10,000 items is just our, our outerwear, um, and apparel category. So, you know, stuff like jackets, um, gloves, hats, snow pants, um, you know, rain jackets, fishing wear, um, stuff that isn't necessarily a hard good, um, and is kind of more aligned with lifestyle, um, but is still very on brand for athletes. Um, you know, that's a huge, huge market that, that we're really trying to disrupt.
1: What's the best part about helping start and run sideline swap?
0: That's, uh, that's a loaded question. I think that one falls into the same category as what uh, we've learned along the way. Um, you know, I could, I could ramble for hours on this. Um, for me, uh, I was in college, um, when I got involved with, with sideline. Um, and you know, it's been an absolutely awesome experience. A lot of, uh, a lot of peaks and valleys, um, but the roller coaster continues to go up. So that's great. But I think uh, what I take away from it, and and what a lot of us take away, is that every day that that we go to work, um, we have the ability and the autonomy and desire um, and tools to be able to make a real impact on something that you know is changing the way people shop. At the end of the day. Um, you know, we're not, uh, we're not reinventing the wheel. Um, but we are, you know, changing the ability for, for kids to be able to, and and adults be able to be involved in sports, um, and making sports more affordable. But I think that the biggest thing there is like the autonomy to be able to take risk, um, and come up with new ideas. And if you want to see something get done, you have to roll up your sleeves and do it yourself. Um, you know, we're at 21, uh, team members now, um, that was 10, uh, about nine months ago. Um, and for a while there was, uh, just the five of us then, you know, six, seven, uh, of us working remotely. Um, and those were, those were definitely times where it was an absolute grind, um, but at the same time, like looking back and seeing the building blocks that we put in place over that, those last couple of years is, is really exciting and fulfilling to be able to, to look back on.
1: Oh, it makes you proud, doesn't it? When something grows like that, just seeing it, how far it's come.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that we, we built the, the foundation for the ladder to keep going on. So hopefully lots more to look back on in a few years and realize we're just getting started.
1: Love it. Well, Kevin, I I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast and share your story and the story of sideline swap and, you know, everything that you guys have been working on over the last couple of years and going into the future to see where sideline swap goes and the problems that you guys are solving. And, um, you know, with that, thanks again for really coming on the podcast and sharing everything.
0: Yeah. Likewise. Thanks for having us, Josh. And for everyone who's uh, listening there, definitely please check us out at uh, sidelineswap.com. And uh, we have some discounts for first time buyers as well. And if you have something sitting around, uh, it takes a minute to post and see if you can make a couple bucks for next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's one last point that I actually want to add specifically for the outdoor space when it comes to like consuming. You know, I think it's really important to um, take the gear that you're not necessarily using that you may still love and just sell it because you could be introducing someone to a sport that you love. And maybe the reason they couldn't get into it is because they couldn't quite afford it. But you listing that product for, you know, 50, 70% off might be, you know, the catalyst that really gets them out there, especially in the outdoor space. We need more people doing it.
0: It's really what it's all about. Yeah. And and, I mean, you know, we, uh, we're firm believers of why have something completely useful sitting in your basement and, and collecting dust. So don't let it go to waste. And, and, you know, there's a time to shop new, but it, you know, it's not for everyone at every time. So I think you hit it on the head there, Josh.
1: I couldn't agree more. Well, again, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for me. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready 88 Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.